Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free and as I say every week guys, it's not just the, the podcast, it's free, we've got the forums, we've got articles, there's a history archive on the site, it's all original, independent and free content Content, excuse me, by us for you. Episode 101 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. We had the centenary edition last week, uh, so hopefully you enjoyed that. I'm your host tonight. I'm Colin Armstrong. It is, it, it's getting mixed up there. If you're a new listener to the pod, we would encourage you to subscribe and share on social media. We have over 3,000 subscribers at the moment, so thanks for that so far. Uh, the pod is live tonight. It's a Sunday night, which makes that wee uh, mess up there all the more embarrassing. Uh, but the pod will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, which include Acast, iTunes, YouTube, YouTube, Stitcher and Spotify. I'm having an absolute mare. So lots to get through tonight. Uh, the Commandment game yesterday, a good result at Ibrox yesterday, but a lot of stuff to come out of that worth talking about. And it's been a busy week at Ibrox. There's been a lot happening. Uh, there's been speculation about Ryan Kent. Obviously, Stephen Gerrard made some comments yesterday about... Uh, Alfredo Morelos, which we'll go into. Ross McCrory and Greg Dockerty have left the club. There's been some issues around store and some of the kits that have been getting issued. Uh, and there's also been stuff that you know fans getting allowed back into the stadiums and, and how that's going to be decided. And if I've got time, we'll have a wee, a wee preview of the Hamilton game next week. Uh, so joining me tonight, uh, we've got John McCallum. How are you, John? I'm great. Yeah, feeling good. Uh, spent spent the day in the Trossachs. Yeah, so did um, I. I, I yeah, we were discussing that. Yeah, I was. Uh, you, you were on higher ground than me. For 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 once, you weren't just looking down on me metaphorically. You were doing it literally. Yep, in every way um, possible. I was waving yeah. at you, but you totally ignored me. Yeah, I was up Benvenue today, and it was. Uh, where were you? Uh, around Loch Achray. That's kind right, of okay. that's kind of forest. Paths around Loch Achray and we went for a walk with the family. So that was lovely because yesterday I really enjoyed the game yesterday. So um, it's been a good weekend so far. Yeah, well, I was, well, I was up, I was, as you say, looking down on you from way up high in uh, Benvenue. And it was uh, like, it's me and, me and the family have kind of started this recently. My daughter, especially, was quite keen to, to start getting into hill walking. So we started it once the, the five mile restriction was, was lifted on lockdown. And we're, 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 I think we've got four under our belts now. And this one today was a bit strange. Everyone I've done so far, especially the sort of bigger ones, you know, the ascent is stair almost straight away. You know, you're going up the way. But this it was quite flat for long, long. And the longer it went on, I thought, when this when this thing comes, it's going to be it's going, it's going to be <laughs> bigger. Like, right <laughs> it was it wasn't a walk. It was a climb. You know, mm. for the last hour, it was pretty much you know hands and straight feet up yeah. and climbing up, uh, and it was quite. Pete and Boggy at stages, so I came back with my feet absolutely soaking. But it's, it, much of a view the, at the top. It was a kind of, uh, it was a bit of cloudy day. Predicted. Yeah, yeah. BBC weather app, by the way, absolute shambles. Every time they, they, they say one thing, it's totally something else that happens. That's just uh, radio supporters that get that from BBC. I, uh, no one yeah, else, the weather's no one else gets it. They mess it up just deliberately for us. <laughs> Probably true, John. To be fair, <laughs> uh, we could see the we could see the locks, we could see Venecker and Acre and all that, but uh, you couldn't really see uh, much beyond that. So, uh, but it was it was good. Midgey Central as well, by the way. That's the first time I've really had the midges because it wasn't that breezy. So uh, there was long periods. Uh, you were like, oh, <laughs> like every climb, you know, you're like, oh, I just want this done. But once you get to the top, it's good. You get a sense of achievement and all that kind of thing, and it feels like it's worth it. But aye, for a for good periods of it today, you're like, oh, pissing me rain. I'm not enjoying this. I'm getting eaten alive with midges. <laughs> uh, and that John's... Down there, <laughs> in the car park. He's away doing there. Like, oh, when you go, mate. Nice so, <laughs> aye, aye, pretty much. But no, it was good. It was good. Uh, so aye, aye, and as you say, a good result yesterday. 
Uh, and also joining us tonight, we've got the gaffer. He's a late substitution for Ian Duff, who I'm sure it's just a coincidence couldn't make it tonight when the Champions League final is on. Uh, so how are you, Stuart? I'm very well, thanks, mate. I'm not interested in watching that guff anyway, so um, I'd much rather talk to you guys about Rangers or hill walking or whatever it is you're doing <laughs> about there. Or second waves and second lockdowns, which we stuff were, like that. I don't yeah, we're talking before we came on air. You know, it's inevitable. It's coming. Wave two is coming. Uh, but hopefully, the football will continue through it. So, guys, uh, probably best to get right into it. Kamalik game yesterday. Uh, another three points. Uh, it was on the back of a, a fairly poor result last week for the guys to talk about on the centenary show. I thought there was a wee bit of an overreaction. Don't get me wrong. I was a wee bit disappointed with the result at Kelly, but. You know, it's no Kelly, sorry, at Levy. It was, it, but it's, it is a difficult place to go, I think. And we've, we've had troubles there before. I don't think the pitch helps. I don't think that's an excuse. I don't think it helps. And Levy sitting with sort of six men, at the, you know, behind the ball at times. So it was difficult. It was disappointing. But the, the reaction, I thought, was was fairly disappointing. A wee bit better yesterday, but you could see some of the stuff online again on Twitter at half time. You could see... Uh, you know, supporters starting to get frustrated and Gerard getting a wee bit of criticism and stuff like that. So, Frankie, I'll come to you first on this. The, the lineup, I must admit, when I saw the lineup, I was like, oh, now I, I know, I mean, I've not been overly enamoured with Morelos's general sort of demeanour recently. Uh, I know he's chipped in with a couple of goals, but I just don't think he's been giving us everything that he could. Uh, and so I was kind of thinking, you know, it's maybe time to make a change. But I, I, I must admit, I was a wee, surprised, a wee bit surprised they made it yesterday. You know, it was a tricky game. I thought he maybe would have went with a sort of tried and tested lineup, and then maybe looked to make the changes next week against Hamilton. So when you saw the lineup, what, what did you think? Because, you know, the first thing you see, no Morelos, no even in the team, not in the squad, and Ruth and Itton are in there uh, making their debuts. I was, I was pretty surprised as well. I mean, Morelos hasn't had a great start to the season, but there's probably not been any worse generally than, than any of the other attacking players. I mean, um, he didn't have a good game at Livy. Um, he didn't really get himself in the game at all in the, in the first half. But to be fair, he, he didn't really have any service in the Livy match at all. The first half, we were we were appalling. Um, the second half, though, he was never real in the game either. And, and we did look a bit more dangerous later in the game after he went off. But to be fair, we had, we had more attacking players on that by that point as well. So... It could probably feel a wee bit hard done by, but clearly there's there's stuff happening in the background. Whether or not it's a, it's um, there's a, a transfer imminent, or or whether or not he's just as they knuckling down and doing the business and training. I don't know. We, we can only trust in the manager, in that sense. And and that 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 team yesterday was a statement of intent with the manager. It was a, a statement in his his own his own self belief and and self confidence in his players. And I mean. There's not many people would have guessed that Barker would, would have started. I mean, he came on against in the Livy game and looked okay. Um, did bits, a few bits and pieces, but he, he had a good game yesterday. And, and all credit to the lad because it, there's always somebody that's the that's the, the, the Rangers fans' boo boys and 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 Barker is is um, is one of them. You know, He's, he tends to get a lot of stick. Um, some it valid, some it not so much. And and I was pleased to see him do well uh, yesterday. And, the same way with Eton and uh, and Ruth, I, I think Ruth clearly isn't anywhere near match fit or match sharp, but you can see there's a player there. I really quite look at him. He's aggressive. He's he's quick. He's, he gets stuck in. He, you know, he doesn't he doesn't he, um, shirk any tackles. He works hard in and around the park, and 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 it's exactly what Morelos does do when he's fully fit and, and playing well. So it's good that, I mean, it's not exactly a carbon copy and they're also very different in, in, in terms of how they, they approach the game and, the, and their, probably their, their lifestyle. But um, he's, he's Ruth's a, a talented player and, and I think um, that the quicker we can get him and Eton playing more regularly and get them sharp, the better. And uh, as I say, Morelos had to drop out, so we have to move on. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to win games and, and we need to do it with players that are, like the manager said, that are focused on Rangers, not on, on, on trying to, to leave. So um, the manager picked a team and, and it was, it was proven right. We've got a good result. John, on, on the Morelos situation, I mean, as I said in the sort of intro, you know, I, I do think he's struggled this season. I don't think he's given us everything and and that frustrates me a wee bit you know because he's done so well for Rangers over the last couple of years 
to see it end like this is, is slightly uh, disappointing. So could you, I mean, Gerard was quite strong in his, his criticism after, and it, it seemed to imply that, you know, Morelos made it easy for him. You know, he's not seen it in training, and I still think he looks, you know, a few pounds overweight. And, you know, we're five games into the season now, you would expect the sharpness to pick up. So does it look to you like this is now the, the, the officially the beginning of the end? It feels like we've been here a few times with Morelos. But, you know, the, the fact that he never made the squad at all yesterday, does, does that feel uh, like it's the final straw and, you know, that this is the beginning of the end uh, of, of his Rangers career? I don't think it's the final straw. I suspect if Lille or, or anybody else make a bid high enough, the club will let him leave. You know, I think when we, when we bought um, Roof and, and Etid, I think everybody assumed he would leave shortly after that. And I think the assumption was that, you know, Lille had been told, yeah, we'll sell him. You just need to let us wait until we get in a replacement because our, our season's up and running and yours isn't. So, you know, bear with us on this. And then it all seemed to go quiet. So, uh, like, like you suggested there, I suspect there is stuff going on behind the scenes. I suspect Lille or other clubs are... You know, they're in touch with agents or they're in touch with the club. You know, I think the Lille president was interviewed during the week, I think I saw, and, and he said he'd, they'd made a bid and it had been rejected and, you know, he hadn't yet decided. He still thought there was a need for them to strengthen up front. So, I mean, he certainly seemed to hint that it was, I don't know if it was a Lille president, it was somebody from Lille was was interviewed and was, was saying that. Um, but, yeah, I think the club are have prepared for him leaving. Um, I thought Gerard's comments yesterday were fairly damning, you know, to come out with that, um, you know, basically accused him of, of, of not being professional, um, you know, which is, you know, that's not, just, that's as, it's as big an insult as, as you're going to give, you know, a manager is going to give to a player, um, you know, to suggest that it was an easy decision to leave him out. Um, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a statement of intent. Um, I suppose you have to applaud Gerard, you know, certainly saying, you know, making it pretty clear that no one player is bigger than the team. If he needs to turn to Morelos, you know, I, none of us know if this is going to go through. Um, the, the transfer window's open for another month anyway, isn't it? I think it's open to end of September. It's, it's open for a while. Is so it, is it no October? I thought it was October. It was open stretch to out, time, stretch you know? out. You don't want an unhappy player in the squad. You don't want somebody... Um, you know, certainly not somebody who's as good as Morelos, you know, not not doing it for us. You don't want to see it turn sour with the support um, for whom, he, you know, he is or has been, you know, something of a, of a talisman. You know, he's, he's what, the last player left, Murphy as well, I think, but certainly he's certainly the last player left from um, Coutinho's reign. Um, you know, the kind of one bright spot from that. I mean, Candace, the one kind of bright spot from that. Um, so I would be sad if it turns sour. I don't think it's. I don't think we could say it's the end. Um, I suspect there will be still some twists and turns, um, but it, it certainly now wouldn't come as a big surprise if something happened in the next week, ten days. Um, I think Itton and Roof did enough yesterday to keep the to keep the place. He certainly Roof did enough to keep his place, but yeah, actually Itton did all right. Um, uh, so you know, you there wouldn't be a big clamour to have you know to get Morales back in the team if the game had gone differently yesterday. Um, then you know Gerard had a problem. You know if we hadn't won yesterday, then I think Gerard had a problem um, because ultimately, if your best striker isn't even making your squad, um, then it's all very well saying he made it easy for me not to pick him. But if you're not winning the game, then you know then you better go and figure out how to fix that because you need your best striker in your squad. And I would certainly have been happy with Morelos on the bench um, and, and available to come on had things not been going well. Um, so we'll just need to see. But yeah, it wouldn't come as a big surprise if 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 this was the beginning of the end. Uh, I'm hoping it's not, but we'll have to wait and see, Colin. Um, I think that's that's what's going to happen over the next few days. Thank you. Uh, one, one more sort of thing on the Morelos thing. I I I feel there's been a shift in the, the dynamic in the relationship between Gerard and and Morelos. You know, Gerard was. Very supportive of him. Now that, that that's what makes the whole Morelos thing for me slightly frustrating because he has been a bit silly at times. You know, he has been vindicated at t- uh, sorry, you know, picked on at times. Some of his sending offs were laughable, 
but others you, you would have to argue were justified. And when he, when he got involved in some of the stupid stuff, you know, Gerard and the club defended him. I think there's been a shift in that dynamic since uh, the Hearts game when, when he left him out of the Hearts cup tie and, you know, he was late back and he came back overweight. I, I, I wonder if something happened then. And as, as John said there, you know, the, the comments from Gerard yesterday, it kind of reeked to me of, I'm just done with having to deal with this guy. You know what I mean? He's not putting it in in training. He's a wee bit overweight. We need the points. I'm under pressure. And it's almost as if he's saying it, 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 it just simply cannot trust Morelos. And as I say, it's a sad end to the whole thing. But do you feel that? Do you think there's been a shift in the dynamic in the relationship between Gerard and Morelos? There has to be. <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't drop your best player, effectively your best player, for your squad if there isn't a, a problem behind the scenes. I mean, Morelos is a great player. He's fully fit and in full flow. He's um, fantastic to watch. I mean, how many times have we seen Morelos receive the ball for deep, turn a guy and, and go and score a goal or create a goal or whatever. It's it's fantastic, but he's not done it for long enough. Okay, we've had the COVID stuff, so he's not been playing, but he's, he's not looked entirely sharp. Clearly, this season, I think we've changed the way we played a wee, wee bit. Morelos and the strikers are hard to come a wee bit deeper and link the play more um, rather than sort of working the channels. And does that play to Morelos' strength? Maybe no. But I think probably the Gerard and the coaching guys, they probably want to see the team strengths playing to the team rather than, than being a bit one guy, especially if that guy wants to to move on. I mean, I think it, we, we, we didn't know. We didn't know exactly what's happened. Uh, so. So I didn't really think speculations all that helpful, but um, at the end of the day, the manager signed two new strikers, so he wasn't going to spend the thick end of four million on Roof, and I mean, what another two or three million on Eaton, and no play them. It just doesn't work like that. But he has to be careful, Morelos, as well. I mean, we can't let the guy rot away because he's a big asset. We're wanting twenty million for him, and if he's not playing, that value drops quickly and drops significantly. So um, it's, it's a, a difficult situation for the, the manager to be in. But at the same time, he's maybe expecting a reaction for the player. John's right. I mean, it's not, it's not um, entirely certain that, he's, that, that Lille or anybody else is going to match a 20 million. So if they didn't, then the manager's hopefully maybe to get to get a reaction for somebody else. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Obviously, we're coming up to an international break. I don't know what's happening with, with regards to Morelos um, in, in, in Colombia just now. I don't know if he'll be expecting to to go home um, for, for a fortnight. I, I doubt it. I doubt the manager will be allowing that this time. I mean, his wife's had the kid and I think they're both back in, in the UK, so that, that there shouldn't be any reason for him to go back to Colombia. So it's up to Morelos now to, to knuckle down and get back to the form that, that we all know and, and appreciate and, and, and make himself indispensable if he's still at Rangers. If not, and we move him on, we move him on. That's, we've had bigger and better players than, than Morelos in the past that, that we've had to we've had to, had to sell. So it happens. Um, the most important thing for me is that, is that the team's winning, and that's what happened yesterday. And I saw the, the manager's entirely justified in, in, in the, the team he picked. John on on Roof and and, that, and obviously they made they made their debuts yesterday. Roof got his goal. He was a wee bit unlucky before that. He had he had a really good header, uh, which which came off the post uh, post off the post and David Ren. Uh, who obviously contributes to the pod? He sent me a, a YouTube video of previous goals from from Roof, and he is good in there. You know, he, he scored a right few good goals in there in the clip that that, that, that David sent me. I, I mean, he's, as, as Stuart had sort of alluded to earlier on, he's he's obviously still trying to catch up. He's a little bit behind fitness wise, but I, I, I agree with Stuart. I thought there was enough there uh, to, to to give you hope for the future. Itton, I, I still think looks a wee bit rusty. What about you in terms of their performance? Uh, was was there enough encouraging signs there to to make you think that these guys are going to be two good assets to the club? Yes, there was. Um, I thought Roof Roof's goal. Uh, I liked Roof's goal as a striker's goal. You know, it was it was instinctive. He was in the right place um, when the ball came in, um, and I, I liked that about it. I thought he worked pretty hard. I thought he was doing a lot of stuff off the ball in terms of. Dropping deep, um, you know, pulling defenders around, creating space for others. I, I, you know, I, I thought he had a pretty decent game. You, you, you get the impression he's still a bit short of 
where he'd where you'd hope he would be uh, in terms of of sharpness. And he's obviously still getting to know his teammates. I thought him and Itton at times tried to link up, but it just didn't quite happen. Um, they're just not quite in the same wavelength. And I think you can excuse that. You know, they've been playing together for, what, two weeks, three weeks. Um, so I thought that could be excused. Um, I was, um, yeah, I'm still I'm still in that mood with the, with both of them that, you know, that, that they've probably got another another half Another half before I start criticising them. My cousin watched Itton's first when Itton came on as a sub, and I was I was watching it. My cousin was watching it at the same time, and uh, and within five minutes he'd written Itton off. He said, oh, "He's a donkey." <laughs> I laugh in my head. Oh, that's just typical. Yeah, that's that that five yeah. minutes. So I'm giving him more than I'm giving him more than my cousin's been giving him. Um, but I thought Ruth played well. Um, as I say, took his goal well. I thought his all-round play was was good. You know, I thought he was like a kind of solid seven out of ten, um, and I saw enough for me to think, yeah, this guy's a, a you know, this guy stays fit. This guy's an asset. Um, you know, he's got a, a number of things going for him, uh, which which I quite liked. Um, different, isn't he? He's a different type of player. Um, you saw initially, you see this, you know, kind of big tall guy. You think, okay, this is interesting. Is this kind of a star? Uh, you know, an edge in the air, and I'm not sure he is that type of player. I, I think he's he's definitely more a, um, more comfortable with the ball on the ground. Um, I'm not sure he's an out and out striker either. I, I, I don't know. I don't quite know what his best position will be yet. But I did think him and and, and Roof in particular tried to link up uh, on two or three occasions. Didn't just quite come off, but I got the impression that that like that it will come off eventually. You two will get on the same wavelength. They look like two intelligent football players. You're at the right age. You know, you know you, you've you've done your time elsewhere. Um, you know this this is a place where you guys could flourish. So I actually was quite pleased. I was quite excited by aspects of yesterday, and I thought, particularly the second half, I thought up front we looked we looked all right. Actually, what did you think, Colin? I have to be honest. Uh, my mate was up yesterday, so we were watching the game. First of all, I had issues with my TV feed. You know, it kept on. I I, I airplay it to my telly. It kept on cutting out. Uh, so there was and my mate are you blaming Itton for that? no no what I'm saying is that I missed chunks of the game and I was chatting to my mate as well what I did see uh, Roof looks a, a, a wee bit more impressive than Itton I'm a bit like you I'm not sure about Itton I, I, I don't quite know what type of player he is I'm not writing him off like your cousin done not at all but I'm still trying to figure out what exactly the type of player he is whereas I think Roof looks you know, to me, he looks like a number nine. That's that's what he looks like to me. The, the, the finish, I thought, was good. You know, he, he let it come across his body. He opened his body up and just calmly sort of... Yeah, it's a striker's finish, wasn't it? Yeah, a, a, natural, a natural finish, yeah. yeah. And, it, and that gives me the impression that he's a natural finisher. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think... And the, the header as well, I thought, was an absolute peach of header, the one that came off the post. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I still need to see more to try and figure out what type of player he is because me again me and David were talking yesterday he was convinced that he would be the number nine you know and I wasn't so sure I thought it would have been Ruth uh, so I still need to find but yeah certainly enough there to, 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 to sort of give you know hope for the future that these two guys will, will will give us more goals because I think last season and maybe over the last couple of seasons we've been a wee bit over overly reliant on, on one player so if we can spread the goals out amongst the, a few more players and that can only be a positive thing I think Frankie, coming back to you, we sort of touched on it a wee bit earlier on, and just maybe quickly your comments on this. You know, Brandon Barker's had a lot of stick this season. And you wouldn't have to say that some of it's justified. You know, he has kind of struggled to nail down his position and, and nail down a, a sort of starting berth on that side. And, you know, as we've sort of alluded to earlier on, you know, Rangers, play, uh, Rangers fans just find a player and they don't let it go and they, they give him stick. I mean, the boy was getting an absolute doing for his hair a couple of weeks ago well as well there. But it, it, Gerard seems to be sticking with him and, and he seems, he's maybe seen something in training and, you know, he, he started again yesterday. What were your thoughts on his overall performance? I think there's signs that he's he's starting to find his feet a wee bit and he's starting to maybe believe that he can maybe do something in this team and his, his confidence is, is rising a wee bit. Aye, you, you can tell the, the, the guy's a talented football player. I mean, the, the good thing about him is, is, is similar as, as Kent is he's two-footed. So he can go either way. He's really quick. Apparently, he's the, the fastest player in our books. So 
Yeah, that's another positive for him. I mean, it's difficult when you're playing against uh, packed defences and teams that sit very deep for him. He utilises pace, but he managed it yesterday a few times, obviously, uh, or particularly at the, the, the second goal. Uh, I, I don't think he was outstanding or anything like that, but he was neat and tidy. He kept it simple and and, it, and him and, and Kent, they moved around. So that's that makes it difficult for opposition defences. Did they track the man? Did they pass the man on? Th things like that's important. Movement is very important if you're trying to break the teams down. I mean, I was quite surprised actually how how deep Killy were. They didn't really get into the game at all. I mean, that's credit to us to a certain extent. We were in the ball backward, but... So with that amount of possession, obviously it's important you get guys like Barker and Kent on the ball. And and, and we, we did that uh, to good effect, especially in the second half. I thought we did all right in the first half. We certainly created two or three good chances. Itton probably should have scored or at least worked the goalkeeper in the, in the first half. And um, and I, I think, um, what's his name, Kent had a, brought a good save out the the goalkeeper as well and Barker even the second half he had a, a shot or two he struck one well in the first half as well so the guy's got a lot in his locker um, it's just a matter of him being able to to play regularly and, and, and to, when he does play to show it I mean last season he, he had some decent games I mean I remember his his, um, his first league game for us was when uh, Kent made his sort of debut after coming on as, as a full transfer and and came out of injured, I remember, just before half time, and we were kind of struggling at that point. We were 1 0 down against, uh, was it against Livingston? I can't quite remember, or Motherwell. Um, well, it was against Livingston, actually, last September. And, and I thought uh, Barker had a good, really good game that day, and he, he scored the third goal and, and sealed the game for us. And that was with his right foot. Um, so he's, he's a decent player. It's just, as I say, but we've got a few of these guys that are. They've got your Murphy, uh, Jordan Jones, Greg Stewart. They're all decent players, but the problem is, is is getting them playing regularly enough and enough minutes in their legs so that they're sharp and they're dangerous and they're creating stuff and they're scoring goals. And that that's where it, that's where it's tough. Um, and it's the manager really needs to to make sure he picks one or two and, and plays them more often. Because um, I think last season especially were a bit over reliant on a sort of eleven or twelve players and. And then other guys did have to come in when folk got injured. But that's where we, we kind of struggled after the new year. So it'll be interesting to see just how, how much Barker features. But because we've all been asking for more wingers or more support sort of attacking players. So um, if Barker can show, do the business, then we might not need to do that. Because as John mentioned earlier, the, the transfer window doesn't close until the end of October. So you don't really have to, to panic at this point and, and bring in players if their existing guys are, are going to go in and do the business. But the hair is a problem, isn't it? I mean, that's the Barker's biggest problem, is that hair? Well, I'm, I wouldn't I'm, for that I'm, hair. I'm, 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 I'm pretty bald. I use balding clippers, so I'm going to kind of slag anybody a bit. No, but, you know, but, but Frankie, that's, you know, that's the whole point here. You've accepted what, what nature has bestowed upon you. You know, Barker's hiding it. That's just, oh. You know, there should be certain standards at Rangers and... Uh, yeah, I think that's all he gets because of that. My number two all over would definitely help. Definitely up, the, help. The, the, the photograph that Colin, just sorry to the listeners for going back to the Hillwalker, but Colin posted a photo on Twitter and, and looked a bit wet, windy and wet and windswept at the top of Ben Venue earlier. And I kind of thought that he had the sort of the Barker look uh, going quite nicely at that point. Yeah, okay, aye, very good. Uh, uh, the podcast isn't filmed. <laughs> I should point out, you know, if, if Barker does have an issue with his hair, I think we're being a bit hard on the boy. Uh, but I should point out, I am three years off my 50s. You know what I mean? So I'm, I've, if, if I do have a bit of a Barker thing going on, then I've earned it. And you know what, Stuart? Doesn't matter how much uh, hair I've got, it's more than you. So <laughs> that's all that matters. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good looking, though, Colin. <laughs> that's two cracking jokes you've come out with tonight. You should be on stage. Uh, right. <laughs> Coming back to you, John. Uh, the, the second goal came for, for Ryan Kent. I get, uh, like Roof's a, a, a very good finish, you know. Cross into the box from Barker. Tav sort of had a crack. It's came back to him. He's, he set it up. And I quite liked how quick Kent was with, with his feet. You know, he, he set it with his left and just the only place he could... There was a good sort of replay from behind. Really, wasn't there? Was a really composed finish, wasn't it? Yeah, and there, it seemed to me there only was one path into goal, and, and he found it. You know, if he'd sort of had it anywhere else, there was a keeper, there was bodies on the line, but he's just seen that 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 route into goal, and he's and he's passed it in. And you know, 
like Morelos, there's a bit of speculation. You know, Leeds have come in apparently. Well, it's, I think it's been confirmed now with a ten million pound bid. And unlike Morelos, you know, whereas Gerard was in a position of accusing him of having his head turned and all that kind of thing. Ryan Kent's performance yesterday seemed to to, to lift a wee bit. Now again, Kent is another one that's sort of been taking a bit of stick, probably a wee bit unfairly. Uh, one thing I will say about Ryan Kent. He never hides. You know, he's always looking for the ball. He's always trying to make things happen. It doesn't always come off. And I think that's what frustrates supporters. But, you know, in games where things are, are really struggling, he always looks for the ball. And I, 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 I like players like that, you know, people that don't hide and, and, and want responsibility to uh, to take things on. So in terms of the speculation, you know, he showed yesterday that he has key to Rangers. That's his third goal of the season in five league games. You know, so he obviously is key. Ten million pound bid now. You've seen some of the stuff getting talked about through the week. You know, we we spent seven million on him. There's there's talk that Liverpool have a sell-on clause. So for ten million pound, it, it wouldn't seem worth it uh, from a Rangers point of view. But how much do you think it would take for Rangers to accept a bid if if, if that was going to happen? I think if we sell Morelos, it certainly takes the pressure off. Rangers to sell him. You know, I, I think if we were to sell Morelos for, you know, a seven-figure sum, then that surely takes some of the financial pressure off the club to um, uh, to sell another player. Um, now, I'm not I'm not entirely au fait with the um, the club's finances, and clearly we're in. You know, there are there's going to be issues in terms of of. Um, you know, loss of match day revenue in terms of, of corporate hospitality and, and um, catering and you know that type of thing. But I mean, I haven't seen any figures. But they're the Rangers TV. Um, you're the first person I've heard say they had a problem with it. Uh, most people I've spoken for everyone else I've spoken to has commented on, on actually how much better it is this season. And I don't mean just the um, the presentation of it, but the but the actual um, quality of the uh, the feed. But you know, I'm assuming they're making reasonable money from that. I'm assuming, you know, people who don't have season tickets are buying into that. There's still the money coming in from the football, from the TV deal. Um, so it will come down to whether Rangers need to sell them. And I suspect if we sell Morelos, we don't need to sell them. And I suspect they won't unless the player himself pushes it. Uh, in terms of what it would take, um, Man United signed the, a young winger. Um, is, it, is it James? Daniel James, I think his name was, from Swansea or Cardiff. Um, so they signed him, he was 20, that kind of age, similar age to Kent, um, similar uh, position, um, and he was 15 million. It cost 15 million for them to buy him. Um, so I guess that that's the kind of going rate in England for a player of that of that type, of that, um, of that type, of that age. Um, and, I, you know... Realistically, Colin, I think if any club offered us £15 million for any of our players, it'd be hard for us to turn down. Um, and and the, the, there's, there's a danger here for Rangers in that clearly part of our strategy as a club is to find guys like Kent who don't look like they're going to make it at their parent club and offer them a route back into um, the English Premier League. And if Leeds... Um, if Leeds are, are uh, come back with with a, with an offer that you know Kent's agent, for example, feels is acceptable, you know, and if they offer to double Kent's salary, then there is a chance that they might turn around and say, "Well, hang on, you know, um, you guys, the club's doing well out of this. You're holding my player back, you know, so that that could be an issue, uh, and the club won't be um, they won't be ignorant of that. They'll they'll understand that that is an issue because you know football is a big village. You know, people know. Um, and part of Rangers selling themselves to players like Kent is this, you know, realistically a stepping stone. You know, you come here, you get choice of playing in some big games, you get used to playing in front of big crowds, chance to play European football, chance to play, you know, latter stages of cup finals, you'll raise your profile, you have a chance then to, to, to move on somewhere else. That's what the deal is with Morelos. That's what the deal is with Kent. You know, I don't, let's be honest, you know, Kent is not, it's not joined Rangers because he wants to stay at Rangers for the rest of his life. You know, he's joined Rangers 
largely I suspect because of Gerard and the other coaches who he knew from from Liverpool, and also because he he you know he obviously sees this as a, a you know a chance for him to fulfil the potential he clearly has. Um, and and let's be honest, that potential you know will only be filled if he can return to to the top flight of English football. Um, but I don't think we'll sell him. I think we'll hang on to him. Um, I think we will do it. We can say and do enough. As long as Morelos goes, I think we'll say and do enough to to keep Kent. And I hope we do because um, there was a moment yesterday in the first half. I don't remember who played the pass. I think it was Davis. I can't remember. Um, it was kind of ball, uh, kind of dinked over the top. Um, Kent went through, and his control, his first touch, was just beautiful. And the keeper came out. Keeper McKelly, the um, defender, kind of came out, and blocked it. Um, I don't know if you if you remember it. Uh, it, it, it the first touch was just exquisite. yeah the way he brought it down. It, um, it, it, I don't even think he was looking. He just, he just, he got, he just knew he where the ball was going to be. Say again. <laughs> he just knew where the ball was going to be. I don't even I, think he yeah. looked. Yeah, you know it, what it, I mean? was, it was just you know, and you realise that when you see him do things like that, you realise that this is a player who, who who is you know he has got something that not every player has. Um, he's frustrating at times because he he like you said earlier he doesn't hide. I still think he makes the wrong decision too often. He kind of runs into cul-de-sacs. Or he, there are times he holds it for too long when he should release it. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that he is he's had his best games for Rangers um, against Celtic. Um, when he gets, you know, a team who come again, who, you know, who's, who come to play us, who come to play us um, toe-to-toe, um, you know, they don't come and sit with a, a, a everyone behind the ball and, and just basically try to stop us getting forward. Um, you know, when he's given space, you've seen him in European games as well, when he's given space, he can really hurt teams. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I think that's no coincidence. And I think that's part of the frustration I have had with him in the past. There's, there's times when I just think he made the wrong decision there. But that's experience. You know, that, that comes with playing games. That's how footballers learn these things. Um, you know, what wise defenders, heavily, heavily marked. He's, you know, he's fouled regularly during games. Uh, I, I hope we keep him. I think he could be really important to us this season. Uh, I really do hope we keep him, um, particularly if Morelos goes. And I suspect we can if Morelos goes. That's my feeling on it, Colin. So hopefully Kent will be staying. Uh, but, but Frankie, two players left the club this week. And I, th- I think most supporters felt a wee bit disappointed. You know, young players that we, I think, at various stages we thought had uh, maybe a future at the club. I'll come to you on on, on Ross McCrory and I'll, I'll, I'll go to John on Greg Doherty. So Ross McCrory first. Uh, I mean, uh, does it feel like the right the, the, the right move to you uh, for the club and for the player? You'd have to ask Ross McCrory that. Um, I, I think we are disappointed about McCrory. I mean, he's been touted as a sort of a future Rangers captain in the past. Um, I think we've all seen that potential in, in some games he played, uh, latterly uh, against Celtic last season, where he was he played in, in both the wins at Ibrox against them. So you're kind of hoping he would, he would kick on. And, and it, unfortunately, it, it never it never happened for one reason or another. Sorry, it was the season before when he, in, in those games. But... Um, so, uh, when somebody's been at the club as long as McCrory has has been, it's it's a shame to see him go. But again, you've got to trust the manager. You've got to say at this point he isn't good enough to play for us. John made a good a good point though about Ryan Kent and about how a part of our transfer strategy should be to 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 sort of snap up players, young players on the fringe of English Premier League sides, and. That's maybe what Aberdeen are looking for here, and we're maybe trying to, to play the part of Liverpool, if you like. So, guys like McCrory, um, you're kind of hoping that if we do have to move them on, there's maybe some sort of buy black uh, cause cause in there. Um, so, if he does go into Aberdeen and, and do the business, then uh, hopefully we'll we'll have the sort of first call on on bringing him back at some point. I mean, it's up to McCrory to go and and, and show Gerard and and, and show. The rest of the coaching team at Rangers that, that, that we are wrong to, to let him go. I mean, the, the guy had a lot of positive attributes. He was fairly strong. He was quick. He could play in a lot of positions. Good uh, and play right back, midfield, centre half. That was maybe one of his failings uh, in some respects. He wasn't good enough in, in any one position to really be relied upon regularly by the manager. And it's it's a shame that Ross is went. I liked him as a player. I really did. And I, I, Kind of surprised me he didn't play more often than he did 
they did. Um, certainly last season, obviously, it was a wee alone at Portsmouth, and I didn't think that went particularly well for him either. He ended up playing right back for them, and I didn't think, by all accounts, that he did all that well. I think he had picked up an injury as well. So, um, unfortunately, it, it, it's just a case that it wasn't going to happen for him here. So, I think it's the, the best move for, for both parties. We've got a, a decent fee. Um, and by keeping him in, in the Scottish League, we'll certainly see how well he does over the season. Whether it, and and um, hopefully he can do the business against Celtic when, when Aberdeen play them. And obviously, because it's a loan deal, the way they've structured that, he, he can't play against us this season. So we, we won't lose out in that sense. So we, we can only wait and see. Um, you'll never you'll never know until um, maybe this time next year how how how, how good or how bad a, a decision it was. So. It's it's just unfortunately just one of those things. On on the structure of the deal, Frankie, uh, I, I I found it a bit strange, you know, on loan until the end of the season, and then then it's going to be made permanent. Now I've since read that Aberdeen have come out and said it's because of the current situation, the COVID situation. They they don't feel they can afford uh, to pay from just now, but, but hopefully they'll be in a better position at the end of the season. I have to admit, when I, when I first saw the, the, the sort of structure of the deal, it made me wonder if there was another aspect to this deal that we don't know about yet. And, you know, the one name that's getting linked to us all the time is, is, is you know, uh, Ferguson at Aberdeen. Do you think that's a possibility or is that, or, or, or are we just speculating here? Um, Ferguson's a decent player, but I, I, I don't think Lewis Ferguson is a player that, that would improve us. I don't think he's a player that would play every week um, and make us, help us break down opposition teams. Would he, would he help in, in European games and, and be a sort of this destroyer type player or in some of the bigger games? Maybe I, but I mean, that's what McCrory was, was kind of, kind of doing when, when he played and, and he didn't make it. So I, I can't see why he would go and buy a, a I'm not saying they're entirely similar, they're no, but I mean, Ferguson's game is, is all about aggression and getting in people's faces. I'm not even entirely convinced he would get away with that at, at Rangers anyway. I mean, we've seen another dreadful refereeing performance yesterday by by Clancy. I mean, you'll remember the booking for Ritter was just absolutely ridiculous. And there was one or two other decisions. So I, I can't imagine Ferguson, Lewis Ferguson, who's pretty aggressive. I don't think he would get away with it. So I, I can't see Ferguson signing for us. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't think it would be the right move. I do think we need an armoured field player. I think we're getting a, starting to get a bit short there, especially with McCrory and Doherty both going. Um, I'm not entirely convinced about the, the Steve, Stephen Davis at the minute. Kamara and Jack are both good players, but I, th I think we definitely need another midfield option there. And I think, effectively, McCrory and Doherty moving on and us getting probably the better part of £1 million for the two of them will help us fund another midfield player. So I, I think that's probably going to be our priority over the next day, two to three weeks is to, is to bring another midfield player in. and I don't think and I hope it's not Lewis Ferguson. Oh, controversial. What, what do you uh, mean when you say you're not convinced about Davis just now? I thought Davis had a great game yesterday. I thought I actually thought Davis was the difference in our team yesterday um, compared to Kamara. I think he was, he's a much more forward-looking forward player than Kamara. Uh, which is what I thought we needed yesterday. I, I'm really interested in that, Frankie. That's an, an interesting... No, no, that's, that's fair comment, John. And I, I think I, just... I, I, Davis is one of the players for me um, after the new year seemed to struggle last season. And um, I just I just think he's, he's not quite as effective as what he was when he was a few years younger. And, and you're right, I thought he did okay. So I thought it took him a while to get into the game. He gave the ball away quite a lot early doors, but... That's fairly understandable. He's, he's not played for a few weeks, so uh, I'm up to the, the, the pace of the game. And I, and I think it was the right decision to play him. I had a Kamara or Jack, one or the other. Um, I would always prefer Jack personally to be playing because I, I, I like Ryan Jack. He's a, a, a really player of good quality. Um, and I, I was pleased to see Davis play, but I, I'm still not convinced he's got what it takes to play every week for... What, nah, I, don't, I, I, don't 40, I don't think he's got 40 games. It's not, it's not just 40 games. I mean, how many have we played over the last two years? I mean, obviously, the, the league was was, uh, was finished early, but it would have been 60 games again last season yeah. if we played to the end, and it was 60-odd the season before. Davis hasn't got that 
in them. And, no, I, I and, agree and, with and, that. And, and so that, that's that's probably my, my, my general point. It, it, Stephen Deere is a great player, of course he is. There's no doubt about it. And you're right, yesterday he was playing some passes that, that we didn't see or, or enough against the likes of Livingston. And I was surprised that we didn't, have, we, we didn't have that kind of forward thinking player that can do the, the Davis is still quite good, actually. Defensively, he's good at nipping in and winning possession when it doesn't, it doesn't really look like it because he's not that aggressive, but he, yeah. he, he reads the game well. So it, it, it's not, I don't think it's a, a huge risk to play Davis in some games where people think, oh, we need to have two holding players or, or what have you. But as I say, in, in terms of longevity, I don't think he's got it there now. I don't think he's got the engine. So I think we do need to have another midfield player. And I, don't, I, I think he'll still play his part like he did yesterday, and I hope he does because I, I like him. But I think um, I think we need to have a bit of succession planning, um, if I'm honest. John, on uh, the other player, uh, Doherty. Now, I was uh, when when he signed it, it reminded me of when when we signed Ian Ferguson from St Mum in the sort of late eighties. I remember that was quite a sort of protracted transfer, and it, it seemed to rumble on. And you wanted the boy to sign because you know he was a Rangers man, and it was his dream. And I think every supporter likes to see. People do. We would all love to have done, you know. We would all love to have pulled that jersey on and, and, and represent the club. And I was delighted when we got Doherty. And don't get me wrong. It, you know, there were still aspects of his game that he, he needed to improve. I thought his reading of the game was good. I thought, he, he, you know, he, he could intercept a lot of passes and read the game well. Distribution a wee bit ropey at times, but I, I genuinely felt that. There was a player there, and if you know if we could develop him, it would maybe turn into something. Uh, how do you feel? I'm a wee bit disappointed that that Doherty's away. How, how do you feel? Yeah, I really agree. With you. I, I'm once again agreeing with you. This is this is this isn't going to make good listening. No, um, <laughs> I uh, I feel very sorry for Doherty. <laughs> no different from when we're usually on. Eh? Um, but uh, I I do I, I feel sorry for Doherty. I like you. I don't see what more he could have done to have earned a chance in the team. Um, I, I, every time I've seen him, I, I, I've thought he looked okay. Um, there are times you felt he was trying a wee bit too hard. Um, but I suppose with this, the type of, of lineup we have got, he's plays two, we're playing two sitting midfielders. Um, and if he's fit, Jack is always one of them. And then it seems to be either Kamara or Davis with maybe our field, if, if for whatever reason, one of those two or both of those two aren't available. And then you've got more attacking-minded type players. Um, your Kents this season, your Barkers, um, and, and then obviously whoever, he's, he's kind of going to play up front with them. Um, and I think... I think maybe Doherty, I'm not sure Doherty fits quite. You know, is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a sitting midfielder? I'm not sure. I'm entirely sure. But I feel very sorry for him. I, I feel he did, I, I don't know. I kind of think, why did we sign him? You know, was it just, is it just one of these gambles that you take that you see a, a youngster and you think, yeah, okay, there's, there's a potential there. Let's bring him in and, and see how it goes. Um, unlike McCrory, Every time Doherty went on loan, the, he seemed to do very well. Um, the, his time down south, um, I forget uh, the club he went to, was it um, Shrewsbury was it he was at? You know, he get, he get player of the year. Now, you know, I think they were in League Two. Um, it wasn't, you know, except he wasn't playing at the top of the championship or something like that. But he get player of the year. Um, his, his short spell at Hibs last season, um, the, the Hibs support were really happy with him. And certainly I know Hibs were... were the Hibs fans were pretty keen on signing him. Um, you know, they, they felt that he was, uh, you know, he was he would definitely be an asset to them. So I do I feel very sorry for him, and he's the kind of player I, I felt there have been games. I thought last week against Livingston was the kind of game you need a Doherty. You need someone who can scrap at times. You need somebody who can, who can run, who can just give you that bit of momentum. Um, a midfielder that, that that gets into the box, and I, I think that's what Doherty has. And I do. I'm frustrated that it's not worked out for him. And I guess a part of it is the fact that you know he is a blue nose. You know he's a local boy. You know that you know he was he was doing what what we all wanted to do. You know what we all dreamt to do. He's doing it. And then when it doesn't when it doesn't work out, you kind of feel bad. Um, and 
unlike McCrory, I think McCrory did have chances. Um, and, uh, you know, I think McCrory did go on low and didn't seem to work out um, as well as Doherty's period on loan. Plus, every time I, I saw McCrory play, I thought, I don't know what your position is, mate. You know, you're not a centre-half. You're not going to make it as a centre-half for Rangers. Um, you may well make it as a sitting midfielder. Anytime I'd seen him play as a sitting midfielder, I thought he played pretty well. Um, you know, he is defensively minded. He brings height, you know, which is a thing that our team is lacking. Um, I don't think he's a right-back. Um, I, I, I don't think he he's any good there. But Doherty, I saw differently. I thought Doherty looked much closer to the, the, the finished article and I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get a chance and I'm a little frustrated and a little disappointed. Um, but you have to say that the coaching team and the manager, they're seeing him far more often than us, Colin, and, and you just have to assume that what they see in training he just you know, just wasn't quite there, just not better than what we've got in front of him. Um, and, and as such, yeah, you do need, you, there's no point in having him around the club if it's not going to work out. Um, you, you might as well move him on. Um, and, you know, we've got, uh, got some money for him. Um, Hull, I think Hull are in League One now. Um, so what's the English kind of third division? Um, but, you know, a decent-sized club, club of potential. Um, you know, it sounds like a, not a bad move for him. Um, good luck to him. Yeah, I really do. I wish him every success. You know, I think he goes with everybody's good wishes. And, you know, he didn't work out, and that's a shame. I don't think it's a great thing for the club. You know, I think it will make it slightly harder the next time, you know, a Hamilton or a, a Motherwell or these kind of teams have a decent prospect. Um, you know, I think it makes it slightly harder for us when we go a knocking on the door. Um, you know, when when you know we can't point to say, right, you know, that player came in and look what look what he did, look where he went, look how his career progressed. You know, I, unfortunately, the, the lad is it Mr. Owen Hasty, um, who's it who's gone back to Mother on loan. I mean, he's barely played a game for us. Um, you know, Doherty as well. You know, um, I don't know if that's if that helps us in that cause if the next time they get somebody in who's half decent, um, but. I guess the I guess you have to back the management on this and say okay they see him every day, um, but I am disappointed I, and I don't think he got a good enough chance. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, it was the fact he was prepared to go out and loan. You know, it seemed to me he was prepared to work as hard as he could to to, to sort of cement a place in the side. As you say, John, you know Gerard and uh, Gary Mack and all the rest have seen him every day, and for whatever reason they feel it's not going to work for the boy, so best to move him on. But yeah, slightly frustrating. Uh, that it's not worked out from Frankie. Moving on a wee bit, there's been another issue this week regarding uh, Castor and the kits. You know, there was loads of stuff on Twitter. You know, there's been a, there's been a thing pretty much since the, the, the kits were released. Guys are still uh, guys and girls, I should say, are still sort of tweeting that you know they never got their order in time. They're still waiting on their shirt. You know, I've seen people posting photographs of kits after one wash, and you know badges and stuff are, are, are coming off and you know given how it was sort of presented as we went into this deal you know that Castor were a, a sort of you know high level brand and you know it was going to be quality gear and all the rest of it is this much about nothing because folk have pointed out that you know when Admiral took over the kit stuff in 1990 you know, the shell suit went purple after a couple of washes and, you know, and th th these things happen. But I must admit, to me, it does feel, given, you know, how it was presented, it feels that this is uh, a wee bit embarrassing for the club uh, and Castor. What about yourself? How do you feel about that whole situation? It's a, a bit both. I mean, the, the, the Castor said quite a lot before they, they released any of these kits. They, they said they would be on top of demand. They knew, they knew that, that what kind of demand was, was, was going to happen. They, they, were, they were very clear in saying that they had different factories across the world that could cope with, with orders and get them out in time and, and all the rest of it. And it hasn't really happened. And there's a, a fair amount of disappointment. Uh, however, we do, I think, do have to put in a bit of context. I mean, there's been what, over 100,000 strips being sold I mean that's a that's a huge number, and I think if you'd asked me that maybe like two months ago, would we sell a hundred thousand strips? And I would say, well, I'm not convinced. Certainly no in the first month. So I think they've probably just been caught unawares to a certain extent, and that 
I think that's still a bit understandable, despite what the claim to, to begin with. The problem I have isn't so much in people not receiving their orders or some orders falling through the floor, things like that. You know, that, that happens. There's always, you, you kind of get 100% in terms of deliveries. It just doesn't work like that. Um, the problem I've got is some of the, the, the quality of the kit. Uh, the, 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 um, they say the stuff was going to be top class. It doesn't really look like it has been in some respects. Um, I mean, the, the stuff about the school jumper, I mean, that, that's utterly ridiculous. It's all well and good trying to fulfil orders. So you, you sort of subcontract stuff out, but you've got to make sure that the, the, the standard of the, of the, of the subcontract is, is suitable. And you can't sell five pound, 10 pound jumper for 55 pound. Everybody has to make a profit along the line, but there, there's there's profit and there's extracting the proverbial. And I think that's what was happening there. And, and it has been embarrassing, certainly for Castor. I didn't think so much of the club, but I mean, Rangers were quick to, to take the, the, the um, the, the, the positives and the praise when everybody was excited about the quality about Castor were a great band and blah blah blah. Well, they've let themselves down. Um, it's now up to them to fix it. I'm sure they're working hard to do that. Uh, as I say, some of the communication has been very poor for Rangers and for Castor. So I think I think I think we've got to to um, to give them the benefit about the doubt, doubt. Sorry, at this stage, um, it's it's been quite unprecedented, the demand. So I think any company would probably struggle to a certain extent, especially a, a, a sort of newer company like Castor. So let's see where we are, I think, in maybe a month's time is maybe being fair to them. But in the meantime, they really need to get their finger out the arse and help the fans that have been let down and make sure they're refunded or they make sure they get uh, given what they, they bought, you know? And, and and I don't think that's too much to ask. It's certainly. Just some clear communication. If I if I didn't get receive something or have a problem with it, then at the very least I expect a company to to uh, to deal with it properly. Full enough. Again, going back to to her walking, but I got myself a pair of North Face walking shoes in January, and I walked a lot more than what I expected in the last six months because of lockdown. But a hole developed in the the, the sole the one of them, and I was quite surprised because I have a pair of North Face boots already that I've had for years, and they still look like brand new. And I, I had issues with, with North Face, trying to get them to, to, to contact me and to, to get a refund and what have you and to discuss the, the condition of the, of the shoe. So it, 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 it does happen even with the more established brands. So as I say, let's, let's be patient. Let's, um, I, I don't blame people for being annoyed, but let's, let's, let's not be too hysterical about it and let's uh, see where we are maybe in a, in a month's time and hopefully things will look a bit better. John, uh, moving on again, and I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm conscious of time here. Uh, there, there was also news this week uh, that they're, they're looking at uh, allowing a, a certain amount of fans back into stadia. Uh, quite interesting that Celtic, given the, the situation with Ball and Golly, and that they were one of the two clubs that have uh, breached COVID rules. It looks like they're going to be the club that's selected for the trial match, uh, which I found quite ironic. Uh, but the once that news sort of came out that, that, that they were looking at this, the, the sort of Rangers Twitter at it, the thing was, well, how are they going to decide? How, how do they decide to get fans into the ground? Uh, and those with the most my years points immediately were giving it, well, it has to be us because I've got more my years points than you. Uh, I have to say I disagree with that. You know, I've, I've, I've stumped up for my season ticket. I've stumped up for two season tickets. I don't think my years is... Uh, an appropriate way of deciding this, I think. I think a you know a ballot would be the sort of fairest way of doing it. What about yourself? How how did you you feel when 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 the news came out that fans would maybe be getting back in? How do you feel would be the fairest way of deciding who gets in? Before I come to that, I, I'll it's my own personal opinion, and I am not you know I, I don't work for the NHS. I don't have insights into these things, but I, I won't be going to Ibrox. And you know, if I, you know, if I was one of the people who could get the, who, who could, who could, you know, who's told they could attend, I wouldn't be attending. And you know, I, I am far from convinced this is a good idea. Um, whoever, whichever club or clubs, um, is is decided to kind of do a guinea pig on. And I know there's many people out there who who, who disagree and think, you know, no, no, we need to start getting back to normal things. But you know, I, I think attending football matches. Um, and I say that as somebody who you know gives up their Sunday night to talk on a 
on a Rangers pod. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm as I'm as keen to watch football matches again as 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 anybody. But I, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, but that aside, to answer the question you've actually asked, um, um, I, I think I tongue in cheek suggested to you um, during the week that they should automatically look at all the people who are uh, in the G postcode. Uh, and give them first 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 preference so that we were people who are traveling the shortest distance that would be what's best for the country um and as somebody who is in a g postcode and could probably walk to ibrox in about 20 minutes from my house I, I obviously you know i'm not suggesting i'm biased in any way there but yeah uh, you two have no chance of getting a ticket under that um yeah. that particular idea um I, the more sensible idea i saw um was to, you know to, to, to take season ticket holders and say they allow Say they allow five thousand in for argument's sake. Um, you know, do a ballot, um, and and they pick five thousand from that ballot, um, and then for the next home game, those five thousand can't. You know, those five thousand won't be put back in the ballot for the next, the second home game. You know, it will then be taken from from the remainder, and then you keep basically doing that until eventually every season ticket holder has been offered uh, a chance to go to a home game. Um, and then you, you kind of start again. And that struck me as probably being the fairest. I suspect there will be season ticket holders who won't go. I mean, we've got season ticket holders, you know, who are traveling fair distances. Um, and I suspect some of them maybe wouldn't think that's a very good idea. Um, but I suspect there's quite a few who, who would who would love to go. Um, and uh, that struck me as being the fairest way of doing it, Colin. I think that way, you know, all season ticket holders are, are guaranteed a home game um, under limited numbers, um, you know, which home game you get is the luck of the draw. Um, and that struck me as being the fairest way of doing it. But I think we're all agreed that whatever way they do it, they'll hack off an awful lot of people. Um, and there will be considerable complaints, particularly on social media, about it. Um, in fact, knowing Rangers, there's a good chance that whatever they do will upset everybody. Um, and uh, and that, that's just, isn't that why we love them? That's all part of it. You know, it's it's... They annoy us, so you know we keep coming yeah. back. Yeah, they, they they annoyed me a wee bit yesterday with the. I mean, initially it wasn't Rangers TV that was a problem. It was it was the the casting it to my my TV. It kept on cutting out, and then trying to get it back on. And then after a few times, I'd, I'd have to log out and log back in. And then after about the third time, it told me that I had to subscribe to to get the game, which. Uh, angered me a wee bit. Uh, I, I managed to, to, to circumnavigate that. I got round. I, I started using the app. I downloaded the app when I, f I first tried to use that at one of the earlier games. It didn't work, so I just I just went online and and, and sort of streamed it for there. But I went back to the app yesterday and I managed to to, to get it up and running. And it settled down after about sort of half an hour, uh, forty minutes. It settled down and the, the, the stream continued to the TV. But I was getting a wee bit frustrated. And I, I agree, no matter what what way they do it. Uh, you know, folk will be kicking off. But I, I do feel that, you know, my jails, I've always looked at that as another way of allocating away tickets and cup final tickets and semi-finals and European games and that kind of stuff. You know, when uh, supply sort of outstrips demand. Whereas here, it's, it's, it's not really about that. Everyone stumped up their money. At a time when we knew, you know, we all knew there wasn't going to be a huge amount of games and we weren't actually going to get in. I mean, I paid £42 for my TV stream yesterday when the club were offering it at 9.99 to, to non-season ticket holders. And if I felt that I was now being told, well, you're not going to get a chance to get any eyebrows because this guy across the road, he's got more my years points than you, uh, that would anger me, I must admit. But we'll see. I think you're right, John. No matter what way they do it, there'll be a bit of a stushy because uh, that's just how it works for Rangers, especially on Twitter. Sure, I'll come to you for one quick thing about the game next week. Uh, Hamilton at Ibrox, you would assume, I mean, despite the, the slip-up last week, it has been a positive start to the season. Not conceded any goals first time since, I think we equaled it last week, and that was, you know, Bullstruth era, sort of in the, the 40s. And yesterday, we're, we're back to 1929 since we've went five games without conceding. We're, we're scoring as well, you know, plus nine uh, on the goal difference. Hamilton next week, they, their form was a bit, patchy, uh, but they got a good result yesterday against Motherwell in the Lanarkshire Derby. How do you see it going next week? I'm sure they'll give us a tough game. Um, they usually do. I mean, it's another plastic pitch, obviously. We do tend to to play a bit better um, on that park than we do at Livingston or Rugby Park, for example. So I'm certainly confident. I mean, they won yesterday. Um, by all accounts, it was 
old Motherwell and they just didn't take their chances. Um, sounds familiar to a certain extent, so, but it does sound like at the very least we should be able to create chances. Um, and I think it's just got to be a, a matter of doing that and, and taking them. And, and if, if, if that's the case, then I'm completely confident we'll win. I, um, I, I didn't see any other, any other result. However, I mean, it's, it's not always easy to, to, to guess and what happens at football matches, we all know that. So, aye, it's, I'm just looking forward to, to another game. It's great to have the football back. It's obviously, as we've just been talking, it's, it's not so good that we're having to watch games on TV or laptops instead of actually being there, but um, there could be worse things happening in, in our life. So I'm just looking forward to just wish we had another game during the week to, to watch. Um, and, and just because it's hopefully a good start. I mean, obviously last week was was a big disappointment, but um, to to have scored nine and without reply in the first five games isn't a bad goal at all. Um, and because we've played Aberdeen away and Livingston away, where we didn't always play fantastically well. So it, let's just hope we can maintain um, that form and certainly um, improve upon our form. I still don't think we're firing all cylinders, but um, playing Hamilton away is a, a game that we really need to to win and. Obviously, it's the last game before the, the international break, so even I think there's even more of, uh, sort of pressure on, on that because we didn't want to have a fortnight of you know games after a, a, a bad result. So, so I let's uh, let, bring it on. Is is uh, is what I'd say. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I think we've you know started the season well. A wee bit frustrating last week, but uh, I would I would imagine it would hopefully be another three points and another chance to get some of the new boys out and, and get minutes in the legs. Guys, conscious of time, we've, we've kind of ran over again, as we always do, so I think it's time to, 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 to call time there. So that's all from this week's uh, edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is made by fans for fans, where the content is free. The game next week against Hamilton, so there will be a show next week covering that and all the stuff that's happened through the week. I think there's more to come in with Elos and various other bits and bobs. So we'll cover that all, all next week. So join us for that. In the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. A big thanks to John and Frankie. I don't know if I'd said that already. I'm having a bit of a nightmare tonight. Uh, a wee personal appeal from myself, guys. Uh, as some may know, I, I spend the odd Saturday when I'm not watching Rangers down at Cameron Juniors. Uh, the, 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 their ground was attacked last night. There was an arson attack on their ground uh, and a couple of containers, uh, one which was going to be the, the new away dressing room to allow the, the club to operate under COVID. When, and another one which was uh, containing food parcels uh, for food banks went. So uh, I'm going to put some stuff up on Twitter. There's a, there's a Just Given page and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so if you could share or even donate, uh, that would be much appreciated because... You know, at this time, these clubs are struggling and, and something like that is, is, is catastrophic for a club like Cameron. So I'll stick that out on Twitter and if you can do something like that, that would be great. Uh, so until next week, uh, stay safe and bye for now.